write about something that you think is funny. You know, and you're like, this is hilarious. And really work on it, really try to figure out a punchline and a setup and a premise. And then just take it to an open mic. And here's the thing, dude, is like 90% of the time, it's not going to go well the first time. If you had fun and you enjoyed doing it, just go back. Maverick. Hey, what's going on, man? Uh, so, uh, let's talk about your hair, man. Yeah. Uh, what's working and yeah. what's no? You know, what's working usually longer on top, yeah. shorter on the sides. You okay. usually get like a fade, but like a lower fade. But okay. I don't know. Last, I mean, last haircut I got, the guy went way too high, looked crazy. What was it that you don't like about the, um, you know, partial clip? Yeah, the high fade. Um, I just, I don't know, man. It looks, I look like a cop. You know, and I, I just look like I'm going to be giving tickets out and stuff. So I usually like a low fade. Yeah, right. Mid fade usually right here. Yeah. yeah right above your head rounds higher up and through here. So mm -hmm. they could do high. Your head starts getting more wettish. Yeah, yeah. By keeping this tighter and lower mm -hmm. before it starts to round yeah. out right mm -hmm. here. That would give you more squareness, which you probably would like. Yeah. What are you doing here on top? You know, I usually just throw a little bit of pomade in it, and then... Um, you ever blow dry it? Sometimes. Uh, I don't blow dry it. Uh, I'm just going to like 20 questions. Just like yeah. like this. I'm just go like that. Um, like that. Yeah. I grew up with a couple sisters and a mom, so I was like, I don't know really how to blow dry, but I just, I've seen it done. So when you use your blow dry, do you use a brush at all? No. Would you be willing to use a brush? Sure. I'm going to show you a styling technique. Okay. Let me get to the point. Cool. Um, all you need is to have the brush. Mm-hmm. The drier for you mm -hmm. and your length of hair. Okay. You could just use the one that they have at a hotel. You don't need pro level. Right. You need the dryer. What you... What matters more are two things. One, having the right tool. Mm -hmm. The second thing is the right technique. Okay. So if you look at hair dryers, hair brushes as tools, like I've always thought they made, if Makita and DeWalt mm. in Milwaukee and Home Depot made hair dryers, guys would be more apt to use them. Oh, yeah. They'd be like, oh, it's a tool. Dude, I'd have, you know, I'd have a DeWalt hair dryer. Oh, dude. In a yell second. Yeah. Wait one second. Oh, the battery's dead. Hold yes. on. Yes. <laughs> yeah, it'd be like a 40-pound blow dryer. But, you, but it'd be quarter. But you know the second a buddy come over, he goes, you got a hair dryer? You're like, yeah. And he come over, like, got a fucking DeWalt hair dryer, dude. <laughs> Milwaukee works way better. Oh, I know. <laughs> Guys, like, I've already over. You're like, shut up, Tom. Yeah, seriously. Yeah, dude, you're poor. Nobody likes you, dude. <laughs> All right, well, let's start on this, man. Ivan. Um, so one of the things I was thinking when I'm looking at your um, your face is I actually think having like maybe this not so long. Okay. Because I'm thinking it's going to go flatter. Yeah. But I think getting it styled up so that way you have some height out here. Because okay. when I start looking at, when I start seeing at your face, mm -hmm. if we square this off and we get this a little bit higher, I think the proportions are going to Okay. Nice. Yeah, that sounds great. Dude, just get in there. I actually don't think I'm actually going to take much off in through here. Cool. And I actually think it just is going to be kind of like a little bit more of a cleanup in through here. Yeah. Would you be uh, Would you be interested in like maybe trimming up the beard too? I've never been a mustache guy, but I'm starting to really like him. And I think I got a good one going. So yeah. I mean, man, maybe just kind of just take this down with the clippers and then just kind of leave the mustache, like shape it up. I don't know how to trim it though you know that's a crazy blur clippers are probably your best bet i like clippers over the facial clippers oh really they're strong okay and here's the other thing i'm used to it because i would always have these in the slot i used to have a little one for your face but i felt that the um the blades got dull faster oh yeah 
And I don't think the 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 motor that moves it is as nearly as strong as these right. guys. And I know these blades are a lot sharper. Cool. I just say, look, pick up a pair of clippers, yeah. find the guard. And then this is your, your tension lever, right? Right. And that just makes it go, you know, open to close. That just helps adjust. Uh, those okay. things are like, oh, it's not quite a one. Oh, it's a one open. So you push this down yeah. and it opens up that space. It's not actually a one and a half because that's actually a guard number. A one and a half is actually a completely different like yeah. guard. So if you're like, oh, it's a one and a half. I'm like, I don't trust people when they say, oh yeah, I never, I've gotten in, walked into barbershops. I'm like, yeah, can I get a one on the side? And I'm like, this is definitely a zero. What are you doing? Past the other thing, not all clippers are the same. Years ago, I was putting together a uh, men's haircutting course, and it came down to the part of the course where we had to have clippers. And what I realized is that if you look at this, is it says one eighth, right? But it has three millimeters, and it has one. Yeah. The one thing I could do is I realized every clipper, may it be Wall or Oster or Andis, they all have the millimeters, mm. but their one was a different millimeter. Oh, wow. Then this one. That's weird. It's not like a standard. No, it's not standard. And like with Andis, there's a, a clipper called like a Masters. That is a zero mm -hmm. to one without a guard. Yeah. Something like that. They're pretty good. They're great. But I'm yeah. saying like you go from zero to one. Right. But if you put a one guard all in, yeah. that's going to be thicker than this one. I was just saying, I love their golf tournament. It's the best. Dude. Andis? Audit and D I S. I thought they said Masters. <laughs> oh no, no. <laughs> Masters is a type of um, particular model by Oh, very cool. That'd be like a Camry by Toyota. Right. What I'm gonna do is I'm actually gonna try and do this with scissors and try yeah. and get this going first. Cool. And then anything that I need from here on out, the yeah. order, I'll use here. That's all right. Old habits die hard for me. I can't just like not clipper cut, not scissor cut. Like yeah. the salon I was at where I learned how to like early cut hair, they wouldn't really allow clippers because mm -hmm. their whole idea was like a monkey could just go through a clipper. Sure. Like, like, like use your opposable thumb. Yeah. Of a thing. Like they literally would say that sometimes, you know, if you're charging, if you're start, your men's haircutting price is starting at like $55. Yeah. They were like, we're not offering clippers. Now this is back like in, you know, 20 years ago, $55 for a men's haircut was like absurd to a lot of people. Right, yeah. The point was that we didn't do, um, we didn't do any clippers. It was mm -hmm. all scissor work. So when the haircuts got shorter and shorter and shorter, at some point, like, we had to give in to like, fuck it. Like, I'm using the clippers. Yeah. We only use the clippers when our scissors and the cone. Right couldn't get any shorter. Makes a lot of sense. You know, it's funny, dude, you're explaining all this stuff to me, and it's a lot like when I do, like, I've worked construction for a long time. Yeah. And like, get worked on like mechanic, worked on cars and stuff. So when a buddy brings me their car and I can tell they're not like mechanically inclined, I'm like, like, yeah, dude, your alternator is doing this thing where it's not drawing enough power for the battery and it's not actually recharging the battery at all, you know? And they're like, uh-huh, uh-huh, yeah, no. That makes sense. Yeah, yeah. That's where the yeah. battery's always. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're like, yeah, but let's see what, <laughs> it's actually a grounding issue. See, the funny thing about an alternator, and they're just yeah. like, uh-huh. Yeah. Indirectly, I met you through Ben. Right. Because Ben introduced me to Dean. Right. And then you and Dean are homies. Yeah. And uh, we met at, that was at the cave. The Creek in the Cave. Creek in Cave. Yeah. For those of you who don't know, Creek in Cave is a comedy club here in Austin. Oh, it's great. I do the same way I break the fourth wall where I want to let people know something very specific, like this is what's going on. That was my first comedy uh, club experience in Austin. I've never had a longer conversation when, with uh, a comedian outside of like a meet and greet sort of situation. Oh, like, yeah. So like actually being able to like talk to somebody who does this. Right. I'm finding this really fascinating. Yeah. You have to have either like a lot of balls to go up there on the stage 
Yeah. Or no brain. You're like, fuck it. Yeah, it's bad, it's bad. People are like, dude, that's like, aren't you scared? And like, the fact of not being scared yeah. is like the no brain. Like, I'm not even thinking about it. Well, it could happen. And that's where the balls come in. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, there's, I think there's a disconnect because like, I can't do like, I can't do karaoke. I'm not a karaoke guy. Yeah. Oh, see, I love karaoke. Dude, hey, karaoke. I feel so good. We are going to do, you're going to take me to an open mic night and I'm going to fail miserably. Oh, dude. And then you are going, and then we're going immediately to do karaoke. Dude, don't make happy and you miserable. I'll make you do this. Dude, that is like my worst nightmare is like, cause I've done karaoke before. And I'm like, yeah, I hate this dude. I don't know what's the, I mean, I don't know what is the difference really, but like, because like, I think when you do karaoke, you're like, oh, this is how the song should sound. You know what I mean? And then you do it and they're like, that sounds nothing like Mariah Carey. And then, uh, well, that's their problem. First stop. Don't ever deviate from that song ever yeah exactly you have to first say no i don't want to do it right no i don't want to do it yeah enough times where people keep pushing you and you go well hey if they have this maybe i'll consider it right and they go oh we have this we have this well i don't know well if you guys are going to buy me a drink then i probably will do it. right so then you gotta you get you get a free drink out of this right yeah and then they go ah here's the drink right and then you go okay Fine. So you already know you what song you're gonna do, and you know you're gonna do it well enough. Yeah. And you can go up there with comments. All right. What you, what's your song? What? Digital Underground's The Humpty Dance. Oh yeah, absolutely. I've known the lyrics of that since I was seven years old. I'm yeah. 41. I can do that sober, blackout, blackout, drunk, three sheets to the wind. Yeah. Probably like on life support, I would be able to do that. It's a great song too. I love that song. It's a crowd pleaser. Yeah. It's one of it's one of Tupac's first like groups. Groups, yeah. Yeah. One thing is is people like to get up there and dance to it sometimes. Yeah. Sometimes you get a little entourage. Right. And it's like and that's like a good move is like fun songs that they can like dance to. Yes. I can do the vocals quite well to some Pantera song. Oh yeah. Not really karaoke material right in places where you know you're gonna have like somebody doing the frank sinatra song yeah you have somebody doing the miley cyrus song and then i would come up doing cowboys from hell yeah exactly it ruins the vibe honestly dude, after that first cut i look like i'm running for congress in the south i don't know why <laughs> uh, i'm maverick mcwilliams do you want to keep them out of our towns me too <laughs> god <laughs> that's just what they said it not me dude that reminds me of that one movie with uh is that Galifianakis? The campaign. Yeah, dude, the campaign. I'm count Congressman Cam Brady. Dude, that is, I honestly think that's one of Will Ferrell's funniest roles is that movie, dude. It's the best. I don't disagree that it's not a funny role. Yeah. I I think what I love is his character and the other guys. Oh, my God. As yeah, Mark Wahlberg. Like Mark Wahlberg's yeah. reaction to Gator. <laughs> Gators bitches better be wearing jimmies. <laughs> that whole thing was just like, dude, it's, yeah, it's hilarious, dude. My family, big, big movie family. We love quoting movies and stuff. So, dude, my dad will say that to me all the time. He's like, Gators bitches better be wearing jimmies. Like, yeah, dad. So what got you into, I mean, hairdressing or, I mean, was um, dating this girl. And on Halloween, I was just helping to style her hair. And it just seemed like something fun. Yeah. And that was it. That was it. It literally, my, everything I do in my life is based off of fun. Oh, yeah. Oh, this is fun. I'm going to do it. Yeah. And I thought it'd be something to do until my band got signed. My band was getting somewhere, and then the band broke up. But uh, I stuck with hair, and I had made a few connections in the music industry. So it was very, very, I mean, think about it. 
I'm like 22 at this time and I'm friends with some of these people that are more well-known. And I just asked them, hey, when you guys come into town, if you need your haircut, let me know. And that's, and that's, and that's what happened. And thankfully being a hairdresser or haircutter or, or whatever, it, it's been really a, uh, a fun thing because you get to meet a lot of people, right? Yeah. So for somebody who gets bored with redundancy, it's like, I'm cutting hair. So like, that's the only redundant thing is that I'm cutting hair, but I'm not doing the same haircut. Right. I'm not interacting with the same person, right? So like, oh yeah, every day is every 45 minutes or every hour, depending on the booking schedule, is a whole new experience. That's cool. For somebody like me who gets, who can get bored easily, uh -huh. it's never boring. Right. And there's always a new challenge. So every client, there's a new challenge. Yeah. It's like, oh, well, my hair's not laying around for this. I'm not getting enough volume for this. Mm -hmm. And I like sharing and teaching. So then I got into teaching. So that yeah. so that's so that's how I got into that. That's cool, man. But um, man, you got great hair too. Look at you. It's like a little lion's mane, dude. I try, man. You got, I mean, you got a Polly Shore thing going, dude. I love it. Polly Shore's a stare. Dude, he is he was the best in spring break stuff with um back in the nine. Oh, like uh, MTV spring break? Yeah, it was he was hilarious back then. Oh, yeah, it's great. So how did you get into comedy? Man, the judge was like, hey, dude, you either get into open mic comedy or you're going to jail. Open mic comedy or karaoke. Yeah, I was like, go on comedy. Yeah, man, I've, uh, so like, I started when I was like 19. I'm 26 now. Man, I don't know. It's just, I mean, I've always been funnier. If you, if you want the real story, when I, I was- the real story. Okay, so when I- I don't want no bullshit story. I want the real story. So as you can see now, I'm a very handsome, handsome man, very good looking, charismatic, but I wasn't always like this. I was an ugly child, all right? I was loud, I was annoying, girls didn't like me. And I asked my dad one day, I was like, hey dad, how do, how do you get girls to like you? And he's like, well, if you make them laugh, you're in. And I'm like, fuck yeah. So when I'm in my simply years, I was doing like a poll yeah. where I'd ask different, I'd ask clients, mm -hmm. I would never hit on them, but I would ask clients, what is it that you find attractive? Humor always. Humor was, it's like, it's like if, if we were on Family Feud, it's yeah. like humor and it was like top three. Yeah, it's like humor, height, good job, or humor, height, being nice. It's, it's always, humor's always in. Humor's in the top three. Right. After humor comes whatever the particular thing is to that person like right general answer was humor yeah it was a great advice from my dad so i was like so i started like okay well i gotta figure out how to be funny so i would just like like a library how to be funny yeah yes. i'm like i'm like praying to god i'm like going to catechism like god how do you be funny <laughs> he's like i'll tell you for a promise um so i started kind of just like you know repeat like regurgitating stuff I heard on, you know, like movies and stuff. And it got like good laughs. And I've always been kind of like a character, you know what I mean? And like the class class, like I had like a ham, you okay. know what I mean? And man, I really liked it. And then when I was 10, I saw a comedy special and I was, it kind of, it was, it wasn't like anything else I've ever seen before. I was like, who was it? It was Dane Cook, Vicious Circle. Okay. I lived in LA yeah. when he was testing those jokes out. No shit. Yeah. So I got to watch him and like, and that's when I got introduced to um, Daniel Tosh. Oh yeah, Tosh is great. Before he had his show. Yeah. Barely just had released that comedy special CD. Yeah. Like the insights, true stories I made up or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was there. I remember I saw Tom Papa. Papa's great. Oh, he was, oh, his whole thing about like, why does he need to go to Mardi Gras? Right. Oh, that was hysterical. He's, yeah, he's a he killer. Great. Yeah, there's, yeah. And there was a, a slew of them. And so for 10 bucks, Every Tuesday, yeah, at the Laugh Factory, yeah, and you couldn't just you could show up, but I forget the guy who put it on. He was part of that documentary Dane Cook travel comedian show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One of the guys I 
blanking on his name, but he, uh, you would go through an RSVP through MySpace. Yes, dude. To get the, um, to get your ticket. Yeah. And so it went from like my cousin and I to like two people to like four to six. And the next thing you know, it was like 20 of us every week. And Dane Cook to the white was like, you guys again? Yeah. From the stage, we're like, we're here for the openers. And he was like, I would too. I think he's doing something with Twitch and video Yeah. So he's, he's certainly like, dude, he's always been a gamer. Like he's, he's, he was making references to Halo back in like, back in like Vicious yeah. Circle. So he's always been a gamer. And but yeah, now he's doing like a Twitch thing. And I didn't see his most recent Stand up. special, but uh, I heard it's, I heard it's really good. But uh, so anyway, so I was like, came out in those early 2000s. He dude, rush. He was, he was Ch what is, Ch what Chappelle is now. It's insane. So it was like 2006 mm -hmm. and I saw, I saw Vicious Circle and I was actually supposed to be in bed. And I like, I got up and I was like, I'm, dude, I'm from a tiny town in New Mexico. So like my dad was watching it and he was like, like he's cracking up. I was like, dad, what are you watching? He's like, dude, you got to watch this. Come here, he was 10 years old, dude. And I'm just listening to Dane Cook talking about his, like, massive cock and shit. Like, oh, <laughs> yeah, dude. And you're like, what? I'm like, what? I was like, yeah, it was, that was the thing. I was like, whoa, how, I was like, how is this guy saying, saying this stuff on TV and everyone's loving it? And I was like, and I was like, dad, what is this guy, what is this guy doing? And he's like, he's a, he's a, he's a comedian. And I was like, what is that? He was like, yeah, it's just, you know, he just tells jokes for a living. I was like, that's his job? And he goes, yeah. And I was like, I'm all in. And I think the next week I like told the ladies in the front office, they're like, what do you want to be when you grow up, Maverick? I'm like, I want to be a comedian. And I talked about it for years, man. And then when I was like 18, I dropped out of college. My rodeo career ended. I was like, fuck, what am I going to do? So I moved to Oklahoma for a little bit with my dad. And I said something funny in the car one day. And my dad was like, and I was like, my dad's like, that's funny. And I was like, man, I got to add that to my stand-up routine. And he got kind of quiet for a minute. And I was like, what's wrong? And he goes, dude, I've been talking about doing stand-up for so long. You either need to do it or just shut the fuck up about it. The old uh, shitter, get off the pod, dude. Like everybody in someone's life's has the yeah, moment. Exactly. And it's usually like the dad or the uncle, right? Or like the best friend and grandpa. It's like it's like that scene from Goodwill Hunting when Matt Damon is telling Ben Affleck, he's like, Yeah, we're gonna I'm gonna we're gonna be 50 and I'm gonna be taking our kids to the park. And he yeah. goes, Yeah, listen, if you if you're here when you're 50, I'll fucking kill you. Yeah. He's like, Yeah, he's like, get out of here, dude. Yeah, so my dad definitely gave me that Ben Affleck speech. The next day I found an open mic in Tulsa, which is like three hours round trip away from me actually it was like more like six hours so it was three hours there three hours back called they're like yeah man we'll get you on my dad drove me to my first open mic and it did pretty good and then i didn't do it again for like six months why uh i just man i was going through i was going through a really weird shitty breakup at the time it was my first real like heartbreak breakup you know how old are you at this time 19 well, i remember my first like adult heartache was 19 yeah dude yeah yeah, yeah with yeah we're the same person that's insane i'm just older no dude we're, i'm 41 um <laughs> all right so down we get you back yeah i moved i moved back to albuquerque where i'm where i'm from originally and, uh, you know, just still kind of going through the heartbreak and stuff. My dad's like, you should find an open mic. And I'm like, dad, there's no open mics in Albuquerque. And he goes, he goes, trust me. I bet there is. He goes, Google it. I'm like, dad, no. And he goes, I'll fucking Google it for you. I was like, I'll Google it. Sure enough, dude, there's a, there's a few open mics in Albuquerque. And mm -hmm. I, uh, I started doing mics there and got pretty good, pretty fast because it's such a small scene. You're like the big fish in the small pond. Kind of, kind of. And dude, it was to the point where like I was getting booked on shows, but like I couldn't be at the show why because i was night because i was like 2019 around there well they're they're like in bars you can be the performer well it's 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 kind of weird so i remember not being even 18 yeah 
definitely well in New Mexico. In New Mexico, it's it's up to the the place's discretion. It's like if okay. they, if they want to or not. And some places were cool. And some places were like, yeah, come on in, whatever. We don't give a shit. If we catch you drinking, we're gonna kick you out. It's always the rule. But there were some places that were like, yeah, man, we can't let you in here. We'll tell you what, we'll let you come in here and do your set, and then you gotta leave. And I was like, all right. So I did that a lot. After a few years, I was like, you know, one day I got hit up for a booking. Like a few hours later, I get hit up for another booking, and then the next day I got hit up for another booking, and I was like. And I was telling somebody about it and they're like, dude, that's awesome. And I was like, yeah, but I've done all these shows before, like a couple of times, you know? And it's like, it's like, man, I, if I want to see what's going to happen with this, I got to get out of here. And uh, I was in the middle of my apprenticeship for welding and pipe fitting at the time. So I was like, man, I really, I was like, I need to go to a place where I can continue this apprenticeship, but not, and also go to a bigger comedy scene. And Oklahoma City was that for me. And my dad lived there too. So I was like, fuck it, I'm going back to Oklahoma. It's not bad. It's way, it's better than Albuquerque. They have, they have some they have a really good club there. You know, I moved there and a couple years in, I, I'm doing great. Things are going good. COVID happens, yada, yada, yada. It, okay. Then it comes back. I was getting to towards the end of my apprenticeship and I was like, man, I need to, I was like, I need to get out of here. I need to go somewhere. Back in the day, it was, you would either go to one of the coasts. You'd go to LA or New York. And there's a saying in comedy, it's like, you go to New York to get good. You go to LA to get famous. Okay. Yeah. You know, they, they say that because in, in LA, a lot of people would go there to get like scripts. Yeah, scripts or they go there to be like a comedian and an actor and like or like yeah they went well yeah but Seinfeld well Seinfeld's definitely a New York guy so then you go to filmed everything in, in LA yeah but like Seinfeld like actually like Jerry was like you know he's a New York dude to you know to his core right he earned his stripes in New York right and said all right yeah we're doing it and but just from like a comedy aspect like if you go to New York like it's it's a thing like if you make it in New York, you're going to be a really good comic. You know what I mean? So it's like you just you're doing so many spots. It's so competitive. Like nobody gives a shit about you. You're not going to get a fucking sitcom. You're just going to be a good comic. Right. Got it. And then if you go to L.A., you know, you might go up at the Laugh Factory, have a really good set and a casting director might be like, hey, dude, you're kind of perfect for this role. Do you want to come? Yeah. yeah. You know what I'm saying? And like that shit almost never happens in New York. That's like the old trope in comedy. You know, I was like, well, Austin's kind of kicking off. I don't think I'm a New York guy or an LA guy. I used to live in LA, LA for a little bit when I was younger. Um, I was a child actor when I was, when I was like 10, 11 around there. I started going to high school and going, you know, like to, you know, meeting like friends and stuff like that. And I was like, man, I, just, I don't think it's, you know, my parents got divorced. I was like, I don't know if I should go back. But man, I was, I was really happy with like, kind of where I was and I was like, yeah, I tried it. It was whatever. I, I mean, I've always been more of like a, you know, I mean, I think, I mean, just comedy has always been kind of more of my thing, but, uh, so yeah. So, I mean, I was dating this girl in Oklahoma and we were, you know, everything was like cool between us. And then where I was like, Hey man, I, I want to move to Austin. And she was like, well, that's not really in my, you know, I can't really do that right now. And I, and I kind of had to just pick and choose. And I was like, you know, I'm just gonna, I'm moving to Austin. Moved down here, man. And it's been, it's been going really well. And I've been, you know, getting on at the clubs, which is really, I mean, really grateful for all that. And because the night I met you, yeah, we we're going to go play at Mothership. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's called, it's called Mothership. Yeah. Anyway. So it's the comedy Mothership guy is the full name of the club. You know, I mean, I got here in December and of 2022 of this last December, like four months ago. Wow. Yeah. I, I just feel really blessed that I'm like, man, I've already gotten booked at like Mothership for the roast battle there, you know, at, you know, the Creek. I've done some stuff and Vulcan. I feel like I've, I'm on pretty good track for only being here for like four months. You know what I mean? And I feel like I've been doing pretty well, but that's kind of my comedy journey. And then there's a, 
there's a couple of headliners, you know, kind of bigger headliners I've worked with that were, were really cool. And one of them kind of lets me go on the road with him. And that's cool. That's pretty cool. Yeah. He's a, yeah, he's a great dude, man. He's really cool. You ever heard of a guy named Dave Chappelle? Yeah. I've heard of Dave Chappelle. Well, it's Josh Wolf. That's on the road. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, no, yeah, dude. Josh is <laughs> Josh is a shit, dude. He's a good dude. Uh, awesome. Yeah, he's uh, he just did a uh, the Nashville Comedy Festival this like yesterday, this weekend or whatever. Wasn't that Moon Tower thing going on? Is it still going on? Right? Yeah, Moon Tower's going on right now. I know there was a Moon Tower because it's also referenced in Days and Confused. Yeah, yeah, Party at the Moon Tower, man. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And also this week is um, so it's funny because there's the Moon Tower thing. I think is ending this week. Right. Mm. Uh, next week is the. Um, Classic Car and Hot Rod Show. Oh, no shit. Lone Star Roundup. Wow. So tomorrow on the 20th at Top Notch, which is the burger joint from Days and Confused. Yeah. They're like showing your, your uh, you know, 70s car and they're screen printing shirts and they're, they have, they actually have like the, uh, the cricket bats from the movie. Yeah, dude. And so like this week is the lead up to the next, to the big, um, Dude, that's, I love things. So you said Moon Tower. Yeah. Making me think of Dancing Confused. Dude, I love this town. There's always something cool to do here. You know, Office Space was filmed here? Yeah, dude. The electronics building that they all worked in that quotes, burns down? Yeah. Is like off of uh, 35 and like Ben White. No shit. That's crazy. Yeah, dude. I know Office Space was here. That, uh, Dancing Confused was here. And I don't know, dude. I'm, I'm just, I'm really happy that I moved here, dude. It's a, it's a really cool place, man. And, I mean, just there's always something to do. There's always, and such cool people. So how do you meet Dean? Or is it through the whole comedy thing? Yeah, well, when two rednecks are just in, in proximity, we just, we were like, you're like, NASCAR? Chewing tobacco? Give me a hug, brother. So the club, so in, you have a salon you started at, right? Yeah. Is that, would, would you would call that like your home salon? Yeah, I mean, I think like, it's hard to say. So there's like, I, in my particular career journey, I started off at a salon, at a small little salon in the town that I graduated high school from. Mm -hmm. It's like a smaller town in Southern California. But I knew I didn't belong there. Yeah. So I knew I didn't belong. And so I set my sights to the two top educational salon companies that are the largest in the world. Okay. So it was Vidal Sassoon mm -hmm. and Tony and Guy. Yeah. And like it should have it, I got accepted at both those salons. And so like I call Tony and Guy like my first. Right. Real, yeah, salon. To me, that was like my 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 home salon. Like everything for me is like reference to that. I would I would imagine that like the first salon I worked in would have been like probably I'm imagining of the comedy comparison. It'd be like you're going into these like stand up uh, open mic nights. Yeah, going. I like this, right? But I need more. Yeah. So what I was getting at is like comics. Comics have what's called their home club. Okay. And the home club is the club they started in. Okay. So like my home club is Bricktown Comedy Club in, in Oklahoma City. It's like the, it was like the first club to, to pass me as a host. Was, you know, it's where I've gotten most of my work from. I was in, I was in there one night watching a show and Dean was in there and I was like, hey man. And he goes, I was like, hey, do you know so-and-so? And he goes, yeah. I was like, oh, I know so-and-so. And then we kind of just started talking and he was like, hey dude, you should come down to Austin and check it out. And I was like, yeah, dude. So I, I went down a few weeks later, I hopped on a couple shows. I really had a good time. I met a few people. And I also knew some comics that were down here. Yeah. And I, man, I was thinking either between here or Denver or Nashville and even up until like a, a few months before I like decided to move here, I was like, God dang, I, don't, I just don't know where to go, you know? And, uh, and then I came down for another trip, dude. And that second trip, I was really like, yeah, dude, this is the, this is the place for me. I'm coming down. I'm coming here. This whole thing is relatively still fresh. Yeah. I mean, it's, I mean, I'm not, not fresh at you. 
I mean, I just got out of the first quarter, you know what I'm saying, of this year. I mean, I'm even fresh in, in Austin. Right, exactly. That's cool. I was telling somebody about, um, somebody was asking, like, who I've had on for, like, as guests on the um, on what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. It's really cool, because I think everybody thought I was going to interview hairdressers. Yeah, I was like, I don't want a hairdresser circle jerk. I don't, like, that's boring to me. Right. right. The most exciting part of my job is having, like, different people. Yeah. All throughout the day. Right. I kind of want to recreate different people, mm -hmm. different episode, right? Like no consistency. Yeah. The only thing that's consistent is conversations in here. Is that right? Right. I was telling somebody how I'm like, yeah, I, I kind of stumbled into to getting to know some of these comedians that are, I don't know, like collectively, right? Yeah. Between the, the three of you that I, I've met now or like all at different various stages. Right. Getting your name. Yeah. More known. Yeah in the area and I think it's fun because it reminds me so much of like the late 90s early 2000s when I was playing up in LA where like you start to get to know the different bands yeah and you're like oh you gotta go see that band yeah that band's fucking awesome it reminds me of that and right the spirit of support oh yeah dude just seeing that interaction how everybody was like supporting each other everybody was hanging out before oh yeah dude. and that's and that's one of the reasons why I want to move here is because like I've been to Denver and I've been, you know, I've been to these other scenes and it's like the hang, like dude, you hear comics talk about the hang a lot. Yeah. And that's, and literally dude, it's, it's one of the best parts about comedy is getting to hang out with your buddies, you know? And dude, just the hang here was fucking awesome. Like, I mean, it's, you know, you do a set and you go outside, you'd smoke a cigarette, you know, you'd, you know, have a beer, like smoke a joint, doesn't matter. Right. And you're just like, and you're just, you know, chilling with your friends and dude, it's, you're always laughing and always having a good time. It's just, it's always fun. Dude, I've heard horror stories from LA of like, just ever, just people are fucking cocksuckers to each other. And it's just like, you know, then New York, everyone's like, if you have to be there for like two years before you start being like, feel like welcome. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. Like you have to wait till the next crop of people to come in and then you got to be mean to that. It's like, I the freshman class. Yeah, dude. But you fucking when you're a junior. Yeah, right. For real, man. It's uh, but not, not, none of that shit's here, dude. Here you'll be hanging out and you'll be hanging out with a dude who's like, yeah, dude, I got like, I got like a tour coming up. I'm really trying to, you know, uh, you know, work on this tour and like other person like, yeah, man, I got to go to a bunch of open mics this week. And it's just like, yeah, it's like, there's like a dude who's like a, a small headliner, like just hanging out with like an open micer. And it's cool because it's like, yeah, as, as long as you're a cool dude and you're not like a weirdo, like that's what it's all about here. And it's, it's a good time, dude. So uh, like if somebody um, wanted to like get into this, like I've always said and believe that you don't have to be at the very top to help someone get into something. No, you don't have to have a PhD to help somebody with kindergarten. But if somebody's like watching this and they're like, you know, I've always kind of the life of the party. Yeah. Make everybody laugh. What would be like the first step you would recommend for somebody to do they wanted to like get into stand up? Yeah, or just give it a shot. Just don't. You know what I mean? <laughs> just fucking don't, just dude. Don't do it. Me and uh, dude, me and this comic, Allison Wojcicki, she was. Uh, we were talking the other day, and we were like, dude, following your dreams fucking sucks. <laughs> it's so fucking lame, dude. Why? It just. It's like the struggle. Like the. It's like hard and shit like that. Like you know, you hear about people talking about like, oh, when I was when I was coming up, I was sleeping on couches and all this shit. And you're like, yeah, that's cool to look back on when you're in a California King. But when you're in the I'm sleeping in couches phase, it's like, you're like, fuck, dude, what am I doing? You know what I mean? If I had to give any advice to somebody who like truly wants to just see if there's anything, you know, if this is like something they want to pursue is like, write about something that you think is funny. You know, and you're like, this is hilarious. And really work on it, really try to figure out a punchline and a setup and a premise. 
and then just take it to an open mic. And here's the thing, dude, is like 90% of the time, it's not going to go well the first time. If you had fun and you enjoyed doing it, just go back, you know, see how long you can do it for. A lot of people, everyone's like, oh yeah, I'm going to be famous now. But like sometimes you just got to do it just to have fun, dude. You know, like, like you said, like you do mostly everything for, I choose uh, on fun. You know why? Why? We pick things up. something miserable right and then something miserable happens yeah and then you're like this is the dumbest thing ever. like what the fuck am i doing man yeah you know yeah yeah like going back to like what me and allison were talking about is like it's like following your dreams is, is awesome it's a really cool thing yeah. and 90 percent of the people in the world will never do it you never even give it a shot don't get me wrong dude i fucking love comedy it's one of my favorite things in the world there's just like so much that goes into it sometimes that you're like Dude, this is it's like the more the businessy stuff, like the the fucking get a rub elbows. If it was just stand up, I'd be like, oh, this is the shit. It's all the other stuff. It's all the other stuff that comes along with the job. You know what I mean? As a hairdresser, you're not just expected to cut hair and color hair and style. Right. Put hair up and up dudes. You're also expected now to be a videographer. You're also expected to be like a photographer. Yeah. A social media PR machine. Yeah. There's so many more components now. Right. As a hairdresser, like when I went to school, it was like, look, yeah, you want to be busy. You, you, you knock on doors, you hand business cards, you, you know, try and get your server or bartender to like, like if you go, if you knew somebody and they yeah, like the attractive barista. Yeah. Bartender, let me do your hair for free. Because they're seeing so many people. Right. Now it's like, you don't even have to even do that. You mm -hmm. just hit the right Instagram post. Yeah. You can be busy. And I, I think that like, yeah, that can happen. But like the reality of that happening, like, yeah. I mean, that bullseye and splitting the arrow over and over again is probably like right. most blue. But I feel like there's like this whole new set of stuff that as a hairdresser, we have to have to, quote, be successful. Right. So what I'm wondering is like talking to comedians who've maybe been in the game longer mm -hmm. are you guys finding that this social media thing mm -hmm. is like you not only get to tell jokes yeah now you have to do what like let me put it to you this way like rogan segura all these guys back in the day they only had to worry about writing jokes getting booked they didn't have to worry about putting out content and doing all this shit and like it's and a lot of comics don't do that either. But the thing is, is like, that's the nature of the beast nowadays. You have to film your sets. You have to put it on YouTube. You have to put it on Instagram, Facebook, all this stuff. You have to try to get views, try to get likes. Because the more views and likes you get, the more followers you get. The more followers you get, the more tickets you can sell. The more tickets you sell, the fucking faster you can start working in clubs. And then, boom, you become a, like an overnight success. Vidal Sassoon, when he got no for like this one haircut. Yeah. His quote is like, it took nine years to become an overnight success. Yeah, dude. That's one of the best quotes ever. No one knows. See right. what the grind. Yeah, nobody. Yeah, no. The grind is like the most interesting part to me. Right. Like people will see a comic on Instagram. They'll see an Instagram reel and they're like, "Oh, this dude's funny." Yeah. And then they'll go watch his other videos. Like, "Oh my god, this guy's really funny. I'm gonna follow him." And they followed him and they're like, "Oh wait, this guy's on tour. Where's he?" And like, let's yeah. say they, let's say they live in Chattanooga, Tennessee. So they're like, "Oh my god, this guy's gonna be in at Zany's in Nashville in two months. I'm gonna buy tickets for it. I want to see him live." And that's how it works. But they don't understand that, that dude probably had to get to the club set up his camera, make sure his mic's good, make sure all this stuff's good. On top of writing all those jokes, performing, getting booked, he had to take that film home, edit it, put it online, get the sound right, get the clips right, post it on the right day, all that shit, just so he can sell one ticket at a club once a year. That's insane to me. Back in the day, you just went on, like you went on like a late night show. Late night shows were social media. That's it. 
That was it. Yeah. It was Carson. Right. It was Carson. It was, you know, it was all these, you know, Merv Griffin, all these yeah, shows. Letterman. Yeah. Letterman. Yeah. You know, and then you go on there a few times and then someone's like, oh, I've seen this guy a few times. He's really good. Yeah. And they're like, you know what? I'm going to see if he's coming out to the Yuck Yuck Hut anytime soon. And you call down and they're like, yeah, he's coming in August. And I'm like, cool. I'd like to buy a ticket, you know? And then yeah. boom. It's the same thing, but it's different because back in the day, like it's, I feel like they had a lot of people doing it for them. And now like comics, like we're not waiting for people to do it for us. We like, we have to do it for ourselves now. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? I've always felt that comedians were kind of always like the, uh, they never had the same support structure, like an actor no, yeah. or a singer or band yeah. would have. That's why like a lot of us are like, cause I've, I've met a lot of actors and stuff like that, you know, like working in Hollywood and stuff. Dude, I mean, you, I mean, you probably know this. You probably met quite a few, huh? And I've met my fair share. Dude, I've met a lot of like really good comedians too. And it's like actors and stuff like they, this, it's like, there's almost like a fakeness to them, right? Like you're like, is this really what they're doing? Is this really who they are? But you meet a comic and you're like, oh, there's this dude that's a hundred percent like this. You know what I mean? Yeah, I can see that. I mean, I, I think I've been pretty fortunate with most people I've met. Right are pretty authentic. Like I didn't feel like there was a huge separation between yeah. between um between the person you think they are on the screen or on the stage and then when you meet that. Yeah. Very like aware to not like put like this fantasy right of how cool they're gonna be. Right. Because that has happened before. Yeah. And it was like a total letdown. Oh yeah, it's the worst. When you're like, this guy's gonna be so cool. And you're like, oh, this guy kind of sucks, dude. Yeah, I just remember like, oh my God, she's not that awesome. Like, yeah. it was so mean. There was an actress, I'm not gonna say who. I'll tell you later. Just bleep her name out. <laughs> no, 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 no. The story about it was actually really funny. Like, can you tell me the story without telling me her name? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so, so I was at a concert and uh, the band I was friends with was headlining the, the venue and this is a prominent venue in LA. So there was like a, an area if you had like a, like a VIP path, mm -hmm. you can go in and it was like a bar, but it was like guarded off, right? Yeah. I'll just say some of the people who were hanging out there. Okay. Right? Like Jared Leto was there. Oh wow. McGrath was there. Tons of other rock stars, cast members from Saturday Night Live were there. Pre-cell phone. Yeah. Cameras. We have like the disposable things. And we like are taking this photo and this actress bumps into us. Which is totally fine. Yeah, totally fine. Accident. And we're like, jump at the photo. Because we're like, thinking, like, we're not general population. We're like in the secluded. Right. The we're in the group. We're in the circle yeah. somehow. She just happened to just be quite rude about it. Oh, yeah. You know, I was 19 at the time, so I didn't have any self-control. I just basically was really rude about it. That's the fucking best. Dude. Me saying a few things. Um, I'm dropping a canteen of water. I know, right? I, I hope it's like a 32 ounce of a cocktail and not like water. like, this is the world's largest market. It's actually all horse semen. I'm uh, trying to bulk right now. It's uh, like 80% protein from what I heard. Uh, and after that, every time I, I see movies with her in it. Yeah. And she always plays the nicest. Oh, yeah. I was sitting in these movies. I could have caught her on a bad day. Yeah. Like bad days happen. So like, I'm not saying she's this end of this catchers was like this all the time. Right. In that one instance. Yeah. Like I was telling somebody earlier, like I was at a resort and Hugh Jackman was, oh, cool. And people were coming up to Hugh Jackman and Hugh Jackman was refusing to sign photos, sign autographs, take photos. And he was really polite about it. It's like, and he, you know, he's like, I'm so sorry. Right. I'm here with my family. Yeah. It's my family time. I hope you please respect that this is our vacation. Yeah. If it was just me. 
I'd be fine. It's so polite about it. Yeah, that's awesome. The interaction saw of Hugh Jackman, phenomenal. They're great, like textbook example of how to right. handle, right. you know, fans. And then in this instance, it wasn't like we were hounding this actress and she like, you know, bumped in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like we're all doing the selfie photo. Yeah. The early 2000s, late 90s. Right. Know, with the, which we still do with the camera. Yeah, yeah. Now it's a film one. She just happened to pop in on the floor like, wow. and move up. We're like, hey, jump in the photo. Yeah. You know, it was harmless. Right. And after that, I, and after that whole instance, I was like, all right. Yeah. Like, I am just going to assume everyone's not that off. <laughs> and if they're mediocre, yeah. Cool. Right. Um, Man, that's fucking wild, dude. Yeah, I'll tell you later. You know, it's funny that you bring that up is because, like, fame is so relative now. Like, in the early 2000s, fame was Spain. Everybody knew who you were. Like, you're on the cover of a magazine, like, stuff yeah. like that. You know what I mean? Like, now it's like, it's like, oh, this dude's famous. And you're like, for what? Like, oh, he has a podcast. And you're like, oh, yeah, I haven't, what, is it good? I haven't heard it. Like, you've never heard this dude's podcast. I'm like, oh, you mean that one in one million podcast? Oh, I know. Yeah, right? I've worked with dudes where I'm like, hey, man, what's your name? And they tell me, I'm like, oh, really nice to meet you. And then they're, they're like really cool dudes. And then I'll like, but hey, let's follow each other on Instagram. I'm like, all right, cool. And then you follow me like, oh, like two million followers. Yeah, dude. <laughs> like that's how, that's what happened to me and like Matt Rife. I don't know who Matt Rife is. See, first time I ever came to, so Matt, okay. First of all, if, if, any, if any of you guys are ever out and about and you can get tickets to Matt's show, go see him. He's an absolutely fantastic comedian. I mean, we're not like super great friends, but like, I helped him in his feature move one time and like I've, I've, me and his feature are way better friends, but uh, I was at the Creek in the Cave and I was about to go on stage and at the Creek, there's like the stage and then a little side room and then a green room, right? Mm -hmm. So me and him were in the side room. It was like, he was going to go up and then I was going to go up or yeah. vice versa. And we're just sitting there shooting the shit, right? Waiting to go up on stage. And you know, he was, you know, it was really fun. And then uh, he was like, hey man, let's follow each other. I was like, all right, cool. I was like, yeah, here's, here's my Instagram. And he was all right, cool, I followed you. He was like, all right, cool, I'll follow you back. And then I go on stage and when I come off, I was like, oh, I gotta follow that guy. And I get off stage and I'm like, oh, this dude's got 1.2 million followers. Does he? That, yeah, it was oh. like, so oh. my, my joke was correct. It, it, yeah, when he said 1.2, I was like, no, now this dude really knows Matt's shit, dude. <laughs> you know? I do this all the time. Like I'll make the most, what I think is an absurd, unbelievable, unrealistic comment. Yeah. And it's always right. And most of the time, it's something that I just like want to like sink in and go, I can't believe I said that. And it's actually true. Yeah, right. Like, that's I was like saying, oh, I'm an idiot for saying I should have kept that in. Dude, one time, one time my best friend started dating another really good friend of mine. Yeah. And I was, they called me and they're like, Mav, what's going on? And I was like, what's going on, guys? Like, we have something to tell you. I was like, you're pregnant. And she's like, did you guess? <laughs> I was like, I'm <laughs> sorry, dude. I, I did that once with a coworker. She's like, she didn't feel good. I go, well, maybe you're pregnant. She goes, well, I am. I'm like, oh, shit. Yeah, fuck. Yeah, so like I'm really like people say, guess what? I'm yeah. like, I don't, 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 don't guess. What if everything you just said came true? You're like, I don't know. Your dad came back from the dead. And they're like, okay. oh my God. How did you know? Yeah, he's in my trunk. You're like, what the fuck? You're trying to eat my mother. Yeah. What? <laughs> she wasn't too uh, mad about it either. <laughs> hey, whoa. We're getting spicy over here in the haircutting chair. I like it. So his name's Matt Reich? Yeah, Matt Reich. Yeah, he's great. I mean, he does. Is he based here in Austin? Uh, Yeah, he splits his time between here and LA. A lot of comedians are kind of doing that. Yeah. So you chose Austin. Yes. You, I mean, you could have chose yeah. New York. You could have chose LA. You could have chose Denver, like you said. So what's... Is is it I is it the Rogan factor? The fact that Rogan's here is a is a big deal for I know not just me, but for a lot of comics. Yeah. Like uh his club is it, it's great. Okay. It, it's it's everything a comedy club should be. Like in Denver, 
you can you can get on spots, you can get on bar shows. The reason I wanted to go to Denver is because the caliber of comic in Denver is so good. Okay. They're like they're known just to have killers. It's crazy. But it's such a tight knit scene. It's really hard to get in there. I really haven't been there a whole lot. So I'd be kinda like, you know, just pretty much revert back to an open micer and I've been kind of doing it for too long to want to do that. I mean, I like Texas, A, but B, like the fact that like I there are within a mile of each other, there's like six clubs. That's cool. Yeah, and where you can just go hop on and do spot. And there's four on, you know, 6th and 7th Street alone. Like It's, it's like River, River area, right? Yeah, it's, yeah. So it's like the Sunset Strip, which just opened, which is an absolutely fantastic club. When you say censorship, I'm like, there's there's no street cool Sunset. Yeah, yeah, right. I'm thinking LA. Open up just down the road from Rogan's Club. So that's great. Then obviously Rogan's, if you can get tickets there, good luck. The Creek in the Cave, which is always a good spot to go. I thought, which was cool. Yeah, it was great. And then uh, Vulcan Gas Company does still does shows. And then after the stuff dies down at Rogan's, I think they're going to kind of start doing other shows there again and stuff like that. And then like there's Kingdom... Uh, Roscoe's Comedy Club, East Austin Comedy Club, which is really cool. It's like a... There's Cap Comedy Club. Yeah, so Cap City Comedy Club. Yeah, that's in, that that's up north in the domain. That's a, That club is a fucking amazing, too. Is that more like a national terrain kind of... Yeah, it's more of like... A, yeah, Nash, they have two rooms there. There's like, there's a big room and a small room. It's a lot like Rogan's, and it's it's just, yeah, nationally touring comics will go there, and it's, uh, it's just, I mean, it's just another great club, you know what I mean? Obviously, I don't know enough about this, and it's just like from an outside perspective. Right. It just feels like, um, I don't even think so, that like, there's this like opportunity of a possible like gold rush of comedy here. Yeah. Because it's like such an uncapped market compared to the other heavy hitters, it sounds like. like yeah. The big ones like LA, New York. Right. right. And then you have, um, you know, you have like, imagine Chicago probably has. Chicago's got a great scene. Yeah. Yeah. yeah they that second, they have that, um, that comedy troupe that they do. The second city, yeah. yeah. I'm imagining that, like, you know, you have somebody who comes, like a Rogan. Right. Kind of puts the, redirects some of the spotlight. Yeah. Over here. And it just, it feels like, why would you not want to go someplace that has a lot more potential? Yeah. It's like the gold rush. It's like, look, there's pop, like, there's, there's gold in these hills. Right. So one of the reasons why a lot of comics are coming here is because Rogan has said multiple times, like, he's like, he opened this club for comics to get better. Like he's, he's like, he's like, that's the only reason why this club is open is so comics can get better at comedy and, you know, and, and so my friends can come and do stand up. Have you and your buddies ever talked about like, dude, if I ever strike it rich, I'm going to just buy a bar and, you know, all, all my friends can drink free or whatever. Like, right. Maybe that's just me and my alcoholic friends, but. Oh, no, I, I, ha I have things like if I, you know, um. There'd be things I would do with my friends for sure. Right. Yeah. So uh, yeah, I've, I've had this thing with my friends. Like, dude, if I ever become rich, I'm going to buy a little bar in, you know, in our hometown and it's going to be the shit and I'm, and it's going to be awesome. That's what he's doing. He's just like, dude, I'm, he's like, I want, he's like, I like Austin and I want to stay here and I want my friends to come here. So I'm going to build a comedy club and my friends are going to come here and do comedy. That would be like me probably wanting to build like a music venue. So yeah, my friends, exactly. And all the bands I love. We'd be able just to come in and, and yeah, and you don't care about money, you don't care about like uh, pay the fucking bands, great, and the yeah, staff's yeah. awesome. Yeah, it'd be a place the size of emos. Yeah, but I'd be like, oh, Smashing Pumpkins are playing, right? Like massive bands, but like whatever, we'll pay double. Just yeah, come just come hang. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See how some guys. Okay, so see how it's more square. Oh yeah, I feel like a I feel like a newscaster. You know, I like it though. Okay, I feel I feel like I got a good credit score. You know, I feel like my wife. 
isn't going to leave me, you know? Like this just in, hmm, this guy got a brand new haircut. How you doing? Credit score is good. This just in, just got a 250 credit score. How you doing? Is that good? I don't know. Anyway. No, it's four. Is it? 250 is horrible. Fuck. You better start hustling. Halfway there. <laughs> Am I going bald? No. Sick. Take that. All the women who said, let's go up a ball. Who said that was, this, I don't know. What, my ex girl one time, I've, I've never heard that. How about this? How about this? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to fuck with you. You're not going bald here. I don't know your, what your hairline looked like five years ago. Oh, that could be a changing thing. I've always had a super high hairline. Yeah. It's, it's like you're fine. Yeah, it's like, well, you're not going bald. You're measuring what they call male pattern. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's the same. Yeah. Yeah. It's always been four fingers. Boom. I was dating this girl and, but she would just be like, you're doing balls. I'm like, what? Yeah, like a Tourette's kind of dick. Yeah, I think she thought she was being funny, and I was like, the fuck did you just say to me? Every barber I go to now, I'm like, hey, am I going bald? And they're like, no, what the fuck? No, if you're, if you're not going bald, you're fine. Heck yeah. Nothing to worry about. I wouldn't worry about it one bit. Hell yeah. I'm down to that one spot. What'd you say? <laughs> Except for this giant patch here. One spot. Dude, I've actually seen crazy patches where like, and it and it's happened more often in uh, like teenage kids. Really? Yeah. What do you mean crazy patches? Like bald spots. Oh wow. And it's not like a, a an alopecia where like it's uh like it's happening in here, and then it will happen here. Yeah. It's almost always coinciding with these kids. And like when I talk to them, I can't say it a hundred percent because it sounds rude. But like you know by what they're talking about with their school. Right. And like all the extracurricular activities, they have no choice of participating in. Oh, and it's like a stress bald spot. Yeah, and I don't know if like they're picking at it. Like that one kid who picked his eyebrows off on the intern with Yeah, on. That was great. Come on, dog, found me. Come on, get in there, fist me, dog. <laughs> and they go on the line. On the line. <laughs> He's like, and then look at that. Uh oh, we're, we're throwing him back. We're having fun. Oh, we're talking about programming. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, yeah, he's this dude. And there's like celebrities I could have, I would want to have a beer with or just hang out. Yeah. Vince Vaughn is like on that list. I imagine the version we see of him is just him. Yeah. And just like 210. Right. Like normal day seven. Right. One of my buddies um, randomly met him years ago at, um, what was it? I think they, he met him backstage at a porn concert. And I was like, what was it like? He's like, oh, he was so interested in his life. So what do you do? What do you do? Like, I, I, I do movies. But what do you do? Like, what do you Like, he was like, saying all this like, random stuff. That's so cool, Just dude. Really interested, like, yeah, what they were doing. Dude, I want to meet Vince Vaughn now. Oh, like, Vince Vaughn, that's awesome. Vince Vaughn, that's shit, yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. So what he's like, I do movies. He's like, yeah, I know Vince Vaughn. Yeah, sometimes there's those guys that I've uh, randomly met at concerts that are like that. They're like really just super awesome. Yeah. And like, you're like, okay. And then after that, I'm like a fan of them as an actor. Right. Oh, dude, you want to you wanna hear a fun story? I do. Can you, Love story. Can you name all the, all the guys in the Backstreet Boys? Nope. Well, honestly, just Timberlake. Yeah. And Fatal. Mm-hmm. That's it. Okay. So was his, one of them is Chris Kirkpatrick. Yeah. It wasn't, I don't know. I thought he's the one that dreads. Yeah. Anyway. I didn't like that. So I was, I was in Nashville doing, uh, doing some shows with Josh Wolf. It was kind of a weird time because Josh 
lived there for a while, so he knows all like the celebrities there. Yeah. And all like the country music, you know, and like all the, you know. Oh, there's so many country music. People. Yeah, so many like famous country, like just musicians in general. And they're, and they're like everywhere, yeah. apparently. So he, dude, he's like telling me stuff. He's like, yeah, Kid Rock might stop by. I'm like, what the fuck, dude? My hero? My name is Kid. <laughs> yeah, dude. Dude, what if that's how he entered every room? We're like, Mr. Rock, please. This is this is a hearing, girl. Okay. Anyway, so I'm your lawyer, and you're getting divorced. <laughs> but uh, so I was like about to go on stage, and I and before I go on stage, I like stretch and I like hype myself up. I like slap my thighs and shit, and like I'm like getting excited. So you Tony Robbins of you? Yeah, yeah, I'm very Tony Robbins yeah. of me. I, before I would wrestle, before I would like yeah, do do anything, I would be like, I'd get because he gets you in that. That mindset, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, I get it, man. So this one dude was just like, I was in, the, I was in the back, dude. There was guys from uh, Little Big Town, maybe that was the band. I don't know, um, but they were in there. They were really cool. And there was, dude. There's, I could just tell they're like everybody in there was kind of important or whatever. And I was about to go up, and this, um, this dude saw me getting like hyped up, and he was like rubbing my shoulders, and like he's like, you know, he's like slapping me on the back, and I'm like, yeah, dude. So then I go up, have a good set, and I come out. I was like, who is that guy? And he goes. I think, uh, I can't remember, he said, he's like, you know NSYNC? I was like, yeah, he goes, that was one of the members. I was like, fucking what, dude? I was like, well, fucking who was that? Dude, it was fucking crazy. I was like, dude, if I was a 14-year-old girl in 2004, I'd be fucking pumped right now. I would actually think it'd be really cool to, like, talk to those guys. Yeah, they, they have to have a kind of a crazy life. Well, what? absolutely, crazy life. But then, um, and, and here's the thing, is like, they were so popular, so big, yeah, so big, that they became, like, the target for for so much like dislike as well. Yeah, so it's like, it's like Nickelback. Yeah. So, whoa, what was that face all? No, no, I was thinking about that. I was like, I never thought about comparison, comparing Nickelback. I mean, Nickelback gets to be the butt of a lot of jokes. Yeah. So like millions of right. Yeah, they're great. Yes. I just remember I was at one of the um, MTV snowed in yeah. party things, right? Up in uh, California. And we're in this bar that we should not be in, my drummer and I. And sure enough, who the fuck is right there? Carson Dealey. Whoa. Dude. Yeah. A TRL? TRL, though. Okay. It's like 99-ish. No, no, 2000, 2000. I just remember I went up to him and I was like, hey, man, I know it's not, you're not picking out the videos. It's, it's not you who's doing it. Yeah. You just have to introduce him. And he was like, he like had this huge sigh of relief. He's like, dude, if it's up to me, yeah. I'd be playing like more corn or the biscuit. And yeah. Like, Wouldn't be playing all the pop shit. Like he right. like, was so excited. To like have somebody. Yeah. And it was just crazy. And I keep thinking like, you know, because he was saying how he got, he would get hate now. Yeah. Because people are like, I can't believe he can play all this shit. Like pick better stuff or whatever it was. When you're that popular, like, you know, it's not all sunshines. No, no. Yeah. You know, a lot of the time it's not, not great. You know what I mean? It, it, totally. I mean, the only people I can think of who would have anything to say of that in the last like recent like 20 years would be like Bieber. Yeah, Bieber's probably. I saw him at Coachella one time. That was wild. Just like walking around. I was like, what the fuck? That Justin Bieber? Yeah, I was crazy. Perry once like sat next to my friend and I like in the VIP area. So like, do you always sit here? And I, I'm not kidding, at, at first glance, I thought it was Zoe Deschanel. They look so much alike, don't they? They do. Yeah. Oh, there's Zoe. And I was like, oh, it's kidding. Yeah, like, I don't know. Now, look, look. Yeah. They're both beautiful. Right. But... I've always thought, I've always thought, uh, you know, I'm a married man. Sure. But I remember being, yeah, I saw it all. Yeah. I remember being single going, 
Zoe Deschanel. Yeah, dude. One day. Maybe. Maybe. Maybe, dude. Never. Never. Ever. Not ever going to happen. But that moment, I was like, here's my, never mind. Yeah. My champ. They're like, uh, uh, hi, Katie. <laughs> you're, like, you're like, oh my God, is it? Oh, it's fucking Katy Perry. Hi. Actually, those seats are taken. <laughs> They're like, what? It's empty grass. <laughs> yeah. It's like, um. Yeah. I claimed it. Yeah. Actually, that's my friend's in the bathroom. He'll be back in a minute. You don't want to be here when he gets back. He's not nice. And you're like, whoa, whoa dude. Fucking being mean to Katy Perry. That's crazy. Yeah. The fight thing is, um, it was my roommate and um, my roommate, uh, it's not, it's not that he was, he is, he's just my former roommate. So my roommate at the time mm. is gay, still gay, tight. but I remember he looked at me, he's like, sweet dish now. And I'm like, yeah, he's like, I might have to fight you for it. And I was like, I am not losing to you, buddy. Yeah. Like you have dudes and always hitting you up. Yeah. Let me have this one. Right. And then he was just like. Like, like, yeah, he's like, oh, okay. I was like, uh, we're going to be fighting over this. Like, yeah, I was like, I'm not fighting over I never thought I'd be fighting over anybody with, with, with my worker. <laughs> yeah, dude. This, look, this looks good. Good, man. I like it a lot. Cool. All right, so let's get this beer okay. going. So what do you, um, you know, if you just like, just take it down with the clippers and just leave, I would just like maybe like trim the mustache, make it look nice. I don't know. Just like shape it. So, okay. So we're thinking, okay. So first off, I'm going to go through and clean this all. Yeah. Up, really nice and clean. And then look up. So then we'll go through and clean this up nice first. So we'll go through and just get the, the, the perimeter. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I'm imagining you want everything from here mm -hmm. and this shorter. Yeah. Okay. I'm excited, dude. I've never had like my beard or mustache ever like fucked with. I mean, I'm fucking stoked right now i noticed on your instagram that you do leather work yes have you always had like a, a passion for like like leather stuff because I, I need you to make me a wallet oh yeah no i'd love to make you a wallet you know dude not really i haven't always had a passion for it just like but like i saw the thing you carved out from like some belt or something oh yeah how did that happen like right now in my head i'm thinking like all right so here's maverick right doing comedy yeah handsome wow comedy welding all around male child actor. Okay, well, all right. <laughs> there was a writer strike. Because <laughs> you told me it that way. That's yeah, yeah, yeah. You got your welding certificate. Yeah. You, you, you're doing stand up. And then you make these really intricate designs. Yeah. A leather, which I wouldn't even know where to start. So, and I'm like, that seems cool to me. Yeah. You know, it's funny. There's a band in town called Nether Hour. I don't know if you ever heard of them. No. Uh, they're like a jam band. They're really cool. Uh, but, I like I've gotten to know the like the dudes in the band pretty well, yeah. and I just and I'm, I want to make all three of them custom guitar straps. Oh, cool! And I just finished the second one yesterday and gave it to the dude. Oh, rad! Yeah. Whoa, that's fun. Yeah. So this thing is literally for shaving faces. Because I'm not a barber, I'm not licensed to use a straight razor as shaving. Cool. So yeah, this just gets really, really. Wow. Short. And it like, it won't take it like here. Like you have to clip it with like a trimmer. Yeah. And it has to be microscopic almost. No shit. It, like, I mean, you can feel the difference. Yeah. It, it feels like I shaved you. Yeah. It feels nice. Yeah. I like that way more. Yeah. What's cool about this is that, um, it's just like one single little ridge. Yeah. Some of them are a lot wider. So it's nice to do little lineups like this. Like you could touch this up like every, like every day. And your skin's not gonna get irritated. Oh yeah. So how I got into it was uh, I used to rodeo in high school and college. Okay. A big thing in rodeo is like custom leather work. Okay. Like custom tack, chaps, custom chaps, yeah, stuff like that. And uh, it's actually Shep. Um, 
Oh, yeah, I didn't know that. Well, a lot of people don't. That's okay. So can I have you commission assless ones? All shafts are assless, actually. Oh, well, yeah, extra assless. Okay, I like your style, dude. Hey, put that down. Let's talk. <laughs> Let's talk business. Turn this camera off. No, no, I just remember somebody who uh, was uh, who rode motorcycles and they would have the leather one. Yeah. And I remember a guy make a couple of, oh, the assless shafts? And he literally said, yeah, the same all shafts. Or ass or assless. Yeah. I've made a bunch of rodeo shafts. Uh, they're like one of my favorite things to build. This is probably getting me the worst part to talk. So we're not going to talk right now. We're just going to patiently not move when I go through and create the line. All right, cool. Now that we got that. Okay. No, yeah. That's, I mean, it's going to be perfect. Yeah, you can talk now. You can talk. I'm just going to go through and just shave stuff. Yeah. I was, you know, I was, when I was rodeoing, I could never really afford like custom leather work because it is a little expensive. Mm -hmm. And, uh, well, depending on who does it, I was like, man, I've always wanted to, I've always wanted to do that. That sounds really cool. So I was like, you know what? I want a custom belt. Uh, well, I didn't start out with, I just wanted a custom belt. And yeah, so I started hitting up some friends who do leather work. I was like, Hey man, how much is a, you know, and I'm just such a cheap ass. They're like, Oh, it's this much. And I was like, like, yikes. I wanted to do it for like four years, but, uh, so a buddy of mine makes stuff for guys that like, go to the NFR. And his belts are like seven, eight hundred dollars. Oh wow! Yeah, but they're like that's more than I thought it would be. Yeah, but they're like beautiful. I know, but I was just thinking like four or five hundred bucks, so I'm not like far off. But yeah, that's like what mine costs. Okay, four hundred, five hundred bucks, depending on the complicated right design work. And I was like really hard as and so I talk and have this buzzer right here. I hate your neck a little bit. Uh huh. So. Um, I was like, all right, dude, I'm gonna, I'm just like, I was like, how hard can it be to make it? And so I went to, uh, I went to this place called Tandy Leather that, um, they, you know, they sell all that stuff. And I was like, and I ended up buying a bunch of stuff and it turned out to be like 300 bucks. And I was like, ah, fuck it, I guess I'll make it. So I made my first bell and it was dog shit. And I was like, all right, well, I already bought all the tools. I might as well keep going. But just over time and learning and you know, kind of figuring stuff out and getting smaller, you know, jobs or whatever. I, uh, you know, I, I learned how to do it and I, I really enjoyed doing it. And now, I mean, I love it. And it's, uh, when I'm actually not welding, like when I'm laid off from welding or, you know, I, uh, that's like all I do. And it's, it's a, it's a great, man. I love it a lot now because nobody ever carries like cash. And I just believe in always carrying some cash. Oh yeah. You don't need to carry thousands of dollars. No. I always said like, look, you know, five $1 bills, two fives, 210. Yeah. 220s. Right. Like what you would ever get like a monopoly. Yeah. I just like money flips, but I also like to hold the, uh, the credit cards and all the fancy looking money clip things aren't actually money clips. Now they're just a place to hold credit cards. Right. I can't tell if it's pulling any of your facial hair or not. Oh no. Like when I do this to myself, I'm quite aggressive. Yeah. I guarantee you there's going to be like some barber who's going to like watch this and say I'm doing it all wrong. Oh yeah, dude, it's, that's inevitable. Yeah. There's always some fucking keyboard warrior out there like, dude, fuck, this guy's not even using the Johnson technique. What a fucking idiot. You don't even the what, dude? Yeah. Yeah. I'm gonna be like, okay, well, well whatever. Okay, I did. And go ahead and ask me if I give a fuck, dude. It's so funny because uh, somebody asked me today like what my favorite movie is and like without hesitation, I was like, Big Lebowski. Oh yeah, great movie. And so I'm always like, when somebody's like, starts talking like keyboard warriors. Yeah. Or, I'm just like, well, that's like your, your opinion, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude. Dude, dude, Jeff Bridges gives that line so good. He's just like, he's like with his, he's like, yeah, that's just like your opinion, man, <laughs> or whatever. It's the fucking I, best. I dude. heard that those were his own clothes. 
for the role. Oh, I wouldn't doubt it. Like they said, bring some stuff in and like he just brought in like random yeah. stuff. And they said, he's like, wait, wait, well, it's all stuff I own. And I was like, I bet you Jeff Bridges is more like the Lebowski character than any other character. Yeah. That he's played. Oh yeah, 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 for the, sure. The growth patterns change. Ooh. So I want to make sure that I'm getting everything free thing. I want to ask you a question, but I don't want to be the person who's like the dentist where they, you go and they're like, so what have you been up to? Open wide. Yeah, right. right. Yeah. It's like, it's like, I yeah, dude, it's, uh, it's always all the way. Thanks. So do you have anything coming up soon? I have a headline and set Friday. Where is that at? Lakeview? Okay. I don't know. Where, I don't know where that's at. I just moved here. Uh, Either do I, man. I, okay. So like what I've found out is like there's Lakeview and there's Lakeway. Oh, I'll be Lake Way. What I've known so far is um, I always get the wrong run in the wrong area. And apparently, it offends people. Oh, really? I don't know why. It's like a rift between Lake Way and Lake Bay or whatever the fuck it looks like that. And I yeah. got feeling, and I don't know why, from somebody said it sounds like it may come from. Um, High school rivals. Oh, yeah, for sure. Give me like tips for making the mustache grow better. Well, explain better. Just thicker for. I think either you have a, a thick, you know, highway patrol mustache that could also moonlight as a pilot. Yeah. Or you you don't, you know? Right. I think what you could do, because like I just didn't touch any of that, right? Mm -hmm. I'm just trimming what's hanging over your, right. your lip. I think that if you were to... Just keep trimming the bottom of this and not putting clippers on the whole thing. What's gonna happen is this stuff is gonna get longer. Oh yeah. So there's a, a client of mine uh, and he has a very distinguished large mustache. Yeah. But the top of the hair here, which always tickles my nose when it's just growing out, right, is actually all the way down, like all of it has grown. Oh, wow. Do that. So that I think is when you start looking at individuals like a really like well-brown thick mustache. Yeah. The top hair is actually long. They're not taking like clippers and clipping it down. They're like brushing it and then they're just cleaning this up. Oh, wow. So I, that would be like my, for my advice to you is to not take clippers or beard trimmer right. to your mustache. It's to brush it down clean up whatever's on the lip. Yeah. And then you're you're that much closer to Sam Elliott. Okay, cool. Yeah, I'll just do that. Okay, so round brushes are awesome. Okay. They stretch out a little bit of that wave. Okay, that's a little bit of that height. So you don't need to have the attachment like this, and then you just need to be able to take the top part, and you're just still a little down. Oh, all you want to do is just run to do it low and slow. So you don't need to turn the, the hairdryer on freezy speeds because it will, um, that will go through and create more frizz in your hair. Possibly. Yeah. Pick up the hair and then you just lift it up and you don't need to do your whole head. I'll show you where I would stop. And I also use my hand, lift that up. Oh, and then so see how you get a little bit of that eye up in for here. Oh yeah. And because you have a lot of cowlicks here in the back, you know, like, I'm not saying you really want to do that. So right here on that part, your hair goes up mm -hmm. and then it comes down, right? Oh yeah. So right, that would be the next, the one thing you'd want to do is take 
that brush right on that part. And then you're gonna get that line on that side. Hold on. And then you get some volume. <laughs> Probably probably haven't ever had like the hair like this. Go so, very fun. Yeah, because he has some some calic. He has like another calic right here. Mm -hmm. So I'm just looking to see where that hair wasn't fall flat, and I'm just using that brush, put a bend in it the opposite way. Yeah, is it too hot? Warm. Oh yeah, it's like building something, right? It's like it takes a lot longer to, to build up a building yeah. than it does to tear it down. So when you put product in, you're not trying to make it this big. Yeah. Once you put product, it's gonna fall. And right. not to the uh, the humidity here in Texas. Oh, you're also going to like change it. And you're like, this is the biggest. I like it, dude. You do? Yeah. Cool, man. More at ten. How you do? Hi, how you doing? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Conan O'Brien. Yeah. We. He's he was hysterical. I used to love his the in the year two thousand or year two thousand. In the year three thousand. Yeah, or, and then like. uh it was always, just seemed like when John Lovitz was on. Yeah. Those two were just like. Dude, he's just. John Lovitz's voice is fucking fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Scott Sox says that little bit of a, like, yeah. easily. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, you shut up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the cartoon, the critic. Oh, yeah, dude. He's the best, dude. Oh, I love, yeah. John Lovitz is the shit. Is he so dude like. You know, yeah. A buddy of mine opened for him uh, a couple years ago. It, uh, yeah, he's doing great. He's crushing. I don't know why I just thought of that guy. All of a sudden. Yeah. And John Lovett's piece of shit owes me $10,000, dude. Where's that from? Nothing. I just, that's a... He does. Yeah. He owes me 10 grand. No, that's a, that's a thing I do with other comics. Usually I do it with comics I know. Let, you know, you're know, you just like you. Like I'm, like, I'm like, hey man, what's going on? And we just so happen to know each other too. Mm -hmm. And then you know Dean. Yeah. And it comes up in conversation like, oh, you know Dean Stanfield? I'm like, yeah, I get it was me $10,000, that piece of shit. And you're like, what? I'm like, yeah. They're like, for what? I'm like, porn. He's got a porn addiction, dude. And they're like, what are you talking about? I'm like, Dean Stanfield owes me Maverick McWilliams and Grand. And they're like, okay. And you're like, yeah. Next time you see him, tell him. <laughs> That's funny. It's fucking hilarious, dude. I do it specifically with one comic here in town. And every time I see him, I told another person you owed me $15,000. He goes, dude, stop doing that. And I was like, no way, bitch. That's funny. I'm doing it for forever, dude. I think it's hysterical. It is funny. Yeah, I like it a lot. My friends and I, as hairdressers, we, uh, for a while, we had like a little group chat. And then we would just post horrible haircuts that we saw when we were traveling. Hell yeah. We'd start like sending things to you like, hey man, I saw your client in the airport of Atlanta. Yeah. Horrible haircut. Like yeah. extensions are barely hanging on for dear life. Yeah. And it looks like, you know, their the back of their head got pulled into like a an escalator or something. I don't actually look at people's haircuts and go, oh, I could do that better. Yeah. I look at haircuts and go, I think the only the hideous ones did that to me. Like a decent one or a good one. I never... It, Pick up on. Yeah. Dude, I'm I'm so good looking. This is crazy, dude. I'm a good looking man. Listen, yeah. yeah, there you go. Right. Listen, it's haircut compliments, the straw jawline. No, good draw, good jawline, good voice. How you doing? Maverick McWilliams running for local mayor of Buda, Texas. How you doing? No Bud Light, no problem. Not in our fucking town. You know what I mean? Like that's some shit that would happen in Buda. I can only imagine what it was like when that bull uh PR incident went down at the comedy clubs. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I can only imagine the amount of jokes. Like, I don't watch any late night TV. One. Right. I just never. It, 
and you're also not 86 years old, you know? Honestly, like there's only a few of those late night guys that I really enjoyed and it was like my favorite one, my favorite two, and maybe it just happened to be because they had bands that I liked more was like Conan O'Brien and David Letterman. Yeah, Conan was a shit dude, right? That sucks that he went off there. Have you listened to his podcast at all? I haven't. At least he got a podcast. Huh, I feel like that's pretty good. I don't know, I need to listen to it. I feel like Conan O'Brien's humor yeah, keeps a lot of what I find funny. Right. I love what he's mean to his intern. It's one of my favorite things, dude. I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, well, he had like a, he had like a bit for a while that was like, uh, like he would just, he was like, this is my intern. She doesn't do anything. And it's just, oh, yeah. <laughs> it's just that he's just roasting the shit out of her the whole time. I always liked it when like the, the, the guest would take the conversation into like a rogue spot. Yeah. Where if he was clearly uncomfortable. Right. And, he would always find a way to like pivot at, at his expense because he knew like where the guest was taking it was like gonna go into a yeah. territory where like it would probably be bad for the guest or something. And he just always did like a, a good job at that. Yeah, I always laughed because I was like, this guy is throwing himself. Dude, the best, the best interviews are with Norm MacDonald. They're the fucking <laughs> best, dude. Norm is just like doing like 1950s, like take my wife jokes and Kona's just like, what are you doing, Norm? You know, it's the best, man. Well, Norm McDonald's is great. Yeah, dude, fucking rest in peace, dude. Yeah, he he was good. Uh, he was just uh, just something else. So, you like your hair? I love it, dude. Look great. Probably the best haircut I've ever gotten. I hope so. How you doing? Hi. How you doing? Maverick, your boy. It was nice to meet Jack. Cool. Dude, that's, is that your actual... Government, government, government issued, issued, yeah, government issued, government issued name, Maverick McWilliams, man, that's cool, yeah, and I'm pretty sure people give you lots of like Top Gun reference all the all the fucking time, dude. It's annoying. It's a, it's annoying. So when I was in boot camp for the Navy, uh, <laughs> this whole time and talked about also, and the Navy feels like it would pop up at some point, some point, like, yeah, like in all of this, the Navy never was a part of never, store. never once, yeah. So like, they found out my drill instructors found out my name was Maverick, and they're like. Like, I was just out there, like, cleaning the compartment one day, and my drone's was like, McWilliams. I'm like, yeah. And I run over there, and he goes, he's like, is your name Maverick? And I was like, yeah. He goes, dude, get on your face. And they made me do push-ups for, like, because of your name. Yeah, just because my name was Maverick. And then when I was done, they are like, it's the stupidest fucking name I've ever heard. I was like, okay, I gotta go, dude. It was fucking, it was wild. Boot camp was a little trip, dude. It was crazy. Yeah, good times. Yeah, I had some friends that are, um, uh, former Marines. Nice, well... And uh, hearing the stories about boot camp, yeah, dude, it's it's rough. I mean, I think any boot camp is rough. Yeah, except like the the booty boot camp ones that they do in like uh, like the park. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's on a boot camp. Uh, well, it's advertises one tab. So, well, you know, for my uh, for my intel that I've heard, it is not near the um, memorable experience. Mm. That leaves a lifelong impact of some some scarring. Yeah. An emotional thing. Oh, tell me about it, dude. Yeah. <laughs> it's that's funny, man. But no, yeah, dude. I love the I love the haircut. You're a you're a master of your craft. Oh, thanks. And then um you gotta let me know when you're playing. Yeah. So this for us the end of this Friday. I did yeah. make it this Friday. Oh no, that's cool. No, I'm sorry. Wait, um, do you like put everything on Yeah, on my Instagram. I got some shows coming up next week. Um you have like a website too, or is it just Instagram? I have a website. I don't really I don't update it enough. I'm not getting enough work right now to update it. Like when I was in Oklahoma, I was getting work all the time so I can update it. But uh, what's your answer? It's just Maverick underscore McWilliams. Okay. That's it. I'm going to post that right here. Wait. 
Oh. There, there you go. Oh. I'm just gonna go there. It's right here. Yeah. There it is. That's very new. That's fantastic. Um, I'm having fun interacting with the camera. Yeah, it gets like a random right thing. Yeah. I don't know. It's fun, dude. Yeah, you can just look at it. Hey, how you doing? Oh, well, Dean was doing that. Yeah, dude. This I was is... watching the video of Dean. Yeah. Dean would like, like, I'd be like cutting hair with him grabbing something, and he would just like look and go. Yeah, but like, just like, he wouldn't even do that. He would just like, like, like lift his eyes up with like those, those blue eyes, just like stare yeah, at the camera. Like, yeah, he's a he's a fucking trip, dude. I love that guy. He's one of my favorite people. I would love to like have drinks with all y'all, just because. Oh yeah, when uh, when Dean's drinking again, we'll all go out and fucking tie one on. It'll be a good time. Yeah, yeah, be fun. Wolf, well, yeah, well, you know, make sure you don't have anything to do the next day because I will make sure I have nothing to do. When we go, we go hard, and make sure you know where your kids are too, because you'll just wake up in a pond. You know what I mean? And you're gonna be like, what the fuck? Where's my phone? I don't know where my kids are at right now. Well, I, I'm going to bars with my kids. There's a lot of bigger issues going on at that point. Yeah, my nephew just got kicked out of a bar today, actually. How old is your nephew? Five months old. Wow. My sister took him into a bar, got kicked out. In dog years, the heart of my right or my right. No? Yeah? No. Touch it. Yeah. It was already up there. It was already up there. All right. <laughs> I love you. Thanks, man. Thank you so much.